0: Hello? And welcome to the Performance Marketing Spotlight. I'm your host, Marshall Nyman, founder and CEO of Nymo & Co. Each episode, I will be bringing you someone with deep experience in the performance marketing space where they will highlight their experiences within the industry. Today, I have David Lloyd, Chief Customer Officer at AWIN and ShareSell. Welcome to the podcast, David.
1: Thanks, Marshall. Great to be here.
0: Very excited to have you on today. Let's jump right into it. Would love for you to introduce yourself to the audience so they can get to know you a bit. I'm from the UK, as you can probably tell from my accent, Uh, brought. Up on the south coast of the
1: uk in a town called portsmouth which is a navy town i uh, went to school there till i was 18 still support the football team the soccer team uh there which is a very disappointing experience uh, because they um they had a period of being very good and and um now for the longest time they've been really very bad and don't show too much sign of improving and um, and get down there when i can my family aren't there anymore but i i still visit when when possible In terms of uh, family, I am uh, in a very long term uh, partnership uh, with a wonderful woman called Suzanne. We have a one year old daughter, like literally she turned one two weeks ago, uh, who is lovely. She's called Sophia. Uh, Very, very joyful. Gives me a cold more or less every two weeks, which has been fantastic. But basically, um, apart, apart from, um, dealing with low level illness for the last six months, she's been a, a real joy. And then look what else I probably didn't have a, um, I think like a lot of people who came into digital in the, the kind of 2000s, I didn't necessarily have the the most obvious background. I, I studied literature. I was I did English literature and, and French language and literature at university. I studied in Oxford, spent some time living in France, was pretty sure that I was going to be an academic or a teacher. But then around the time I was at university, just got really excited about um, seeing the speed of development on the web. It became pretty clear to me I wanted to make my career there. And so... know from the kind of mid-2000s really really kind of focused all of my energy there and then beyond that in terms of me when i'm not um obsessing about Awin win and, and, and affiliate and performance marketing i run quite a bit i still occasionally play football uh soccer uh pretty badly um increasingly badly i would say and increasingly infrequently uh, and apart from that yeah i mean really spend a lot of time uh, with my daughter i'm looking forward to, to getting back to traveling now that she's a bit older and i'm fingers crossed can trust her not to cry too much on a plane
0: <laughs> well i'm all about traveling with the kids and we've we've gone all over the world with them on the plane so it, it's worth it once you get there maybe, maybe the flight sometimes is not so fun though. Um, and uh, yeah, we're, we're dealing with all the same colds here. We got five, three and eight months. So uh, when you go to affiliate summit, everybody's like worried to get something. I'm like, ah, I've already gotten everything. <laughs> <laughs> I've got all the antibodies. So I, don't, I come back from affiliate summit, I'm feeling good. So you got your start in the space in 2007 at Google you were there for about ten years. Would love to hear how you got started and your experience.
1: Yeah, sure. So, so before that, I was working in a kind of small advertising consultancy for about three, four years. Um, was very clear in my mind I wanted to move into digital. I had a great opportunity to go and work at uh, Google back in two thousand and seven and yeah, look I had a variety of roles you can imagine if you go back seventeen years which um, it's it's kind of horrible to say that right seventeen years uh, if you go back that far, things were really quite different, so the growth was incredibly high there were businesses who literally you know significant businesses who Literally, barely had a website. Certainly, didn't have e-commerce. We're really only starting out in terms of digital marketing. So there was just tons and tons of opportunity to go and educate those businesses, spend time with them, help them understand how they could improve their, you know, their digital presence, also the e-commerce, the efficiency of it, the effectiveness of it, build their brands online, and. That was really what I spent most of my time doing. So I was really always on the sales and and account management teams, Uh, initially working with an extraordinary range of businesses from tech to oil to e-com to to, uh, some finance customers, Uh, eventually settled and really focused in on retail. So I spent a lot of my time there working with retail brands, built and grew uh, the home and garden team there in the UK and in Ireland, uh, the fashion team. So, I spent a lot of time working with fashion brands in the UK and and across Europe. Uh, Ultimately, leading the retail and technology team based in Dublin. So, I used to commute to Dublin, I'd live in Dublin four days of the week and then come home to London three days of the week. And that was a really you know kind of great uh, opportunity for me, right? I think um, I ended up working with so many different businesses at so many different stages of their evolution. Seeing the impact that digital could have on their business, that was incredibly exciting. And I learned a huge amount. So it was a, a, a pretty cool 10 years, made great friends, had a lot of fun, managed to take a sabbatical in the middle of it, uh, where uh, my partner and I spent several months living in, in New Delhi, where we worked for a, a charity that was was very much focused on women's rights and girls' rights, keeping girls in education, and preventing domestic abuse as much as possible, all these kinds of things. So you had tons and tons of opportunity there. And it's something yeah, I look back on with a lot of uh, happiness.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure in the late 2000s, early 2010, it was probably a really exciting time at Google and be able to take a sabbatical like that. It seems like they really supported their employees. And so... Always nice to hear, be able to do something like that.
1: Oh, yeah, it was remarkable. You know, like it was a, it was a nice place to be. The business was great. Uh, there was also just way too much food, uh, and way, way too much uh, free time. So I did, a, I, I reflect on it and I go back and I look at photos of myself from the late 2000s and uh, it's very apparent I spent
0: a lot of time eating. <laughs> I think it was in those office environments, you know, all those free meals and everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, that, so then after Google, you made the pivot to Alibaba what did you do at your time at Alibaba? Yeah, so I, um,
1: they came to me, I think this was in 2016. Uh, and at the time I was working at, at Google in the in, in Dublin. And uh, the remit there was initially to be the business development director. So you really look for opportunities to grow Alibaba, which has a, a ton of different business units in the UK and Northern Europe. Just within about a month or so of joining the company, I became the managing director for the UK and the Nordics. A little while after that, I took on the Netherlands as well. So really most of Northern Europe was in my remit. Uh, and it was a it was a variety of stuff. It was a really fascinating um, place to work, right? Because you know it's the landscape in China is is changing all of the time, right? The pace of development there is incredibly fast. businesses spring up incredibly quickly. So even now, just two years on, from leaving, I'm probably out of date. But if I think back to when i when I was there, you know China was probably half of the world's e-commerce uh, more or less. It was, it was, you know, the number one market and it was bigger than I think the US. Uh, uh, UK Japan combined, it was it was just an extraordinarily large market, and Alibaba had a huge um, share of that consumer market. So what we were doing was saying, well, are there are there learnings we can take for, from there and build marketplace businesses in Europe? Some of which we did. Uh, can we um, work with with travel agencies with with locations around Europe to help them attract Chinese consumers who like to travel, particularly a couple of times a year around Chinese New Year and um, uh, Golden Week. Um, what they call a, a autumn festival. And we did a lot of that. But the real focus and where I ended up spending the, the huge majority of my time was, apart from building the team, was um, helping brands from the region to launch themselves in China. And so there's a, a very large marketplace that Alibaba operates in China uh, called Taobao. Um, there's another part of that called Tmall. And Tmall, so Taobao is like a huge, huge marketplace. You can find basically anything on there, right? It's probably got a billion listings and uh, phenomenally popular. Tmall, was a marketplace as part of Taobao where you could open brand stores, right? So a brand would go there. And, and if you were a brand of any size, the smart thing to do when you enter China was not to open, to launch your own website to try and sell from that. It was to go on to Timor and to open a store within there. So rather than going to the high street and opening your own shop, you'd go to the shopping mall and rent some space because that was the shopping mall where everyone went to shop and that was Timor. So I spent a lot of time doing that. We literally launched hundreds of brands uh, onto the platform in China. I think the last time we um, I looked back at the numbers, um, just UK brands from that work we were doing had, were, were turning over about £4 billion. So I guess at the time, like five to six billion dollars, uh, probably uh, probably worth less now, um, but five to six billion dollars in on the platforms in China. And that was where I really spent most of my time. The rest of it, you know, I was kind of focused on payments business um alipay which was was very popular but there was just um honestly there was just a ton of stuff it's a it's a sprawling business interested in a bunch of different areas and to give you one kind of small example on top of that you know i remember uh relatively early on traveling to denmark so that was one of the regions i was responsible for and doing a deal with with danish crown um who were a huge huge pork producer pork incredibly popular in china uh, and uh signing a deal to open what i think was the biggest kind of um uh, uh, pork production and, and processing business in in China from an overseas company. Uh, we did similar uh, deals with with seafood. So every time I thought I knew what I was doing, you know, selling fashion, selling electronics, you know, they tell no do tourism. So my like third day, I went to Lapland and, and helped launch a rebrand of the platform with. Apparently, Santa Claus and a bunch of Chinese influencers. So I was learning about travel. Then they said oh, i do payments, and then just when you thought you nailed it, you you found out you had to become a seafood expert. So it was a really amazing um, uh, opportunity, kind of bewildering in terms of scope. It was very hard work, but enjoyably hard work. Uh, uh, but by the time by the time I came to the end of it, I was I've been there. I was I was there pretty much five years. It felt like ten. It was incredibly fun. But um, the other thing I'd say is uh, about that is. At least for the first two years, pre-pandemic, I used to go to China once a month for a week. And so if you do that from the UK, and it would be even worse from the US. Um, you're basically guaranteeing yourself two weeks of jet lag a month. So I also, I definitely looked a lot older at the end of it uh, versus when I started.
0: Well, I'm sure that was an experience and I'm sure you learned a lot. It sounds like it really kept you on your toes. <laughs> for sure. Well, after spending some time at Alibaba, you made the switch to... Awen, you've been there now for two years. Would love to know what made you want to move over there. Yeah,
1: it's a, it was a few things, right? I mean, first of all, I've, I felt ready. So when the opportunity came up, I was I was really interested to 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 look for a board role. Um, you know, we're a relatively tight team managing the company. Looking for a company that was, you know, clearly kind of healthy, successful, and and great track record of success, which Awen has, but had a very kind of clear growth opportunity as well. A really clear pathway and then the other the other element of it was 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 the team and you know i spent a lot of time with adam our ceo verpi our cfo and it sounds really simple, but we just got on very, very well. And so you almost have to aim off for that. I think when you're interviewing a job, if you go on with the people so well, you have to almost check yourself and say, well, you know, is is the job right? Is the company right? Because I can tell the people are right. Uh, but it really ticked all of those boxes, huge opportunity, tremendous people, and not just the board, but really all of the people in the company. Big opportunity to expand internationally, but also in terms of different product areas and all of those things just
0: really... um Really excited me. Awesome. So why don't you tell us a bit more about AWIN and the role you serve as CCO?
1: Yeah, so... Uh... Awin, I mean, I could go on for, for hours, but I, I sense you don't want that. So I'll, 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 try, and I'll try and give you the, um, the short version. So Awin, we've been around for about 20 years. And it's great, you know, because our CEO, Adam, has been there pretty much since the start. Um, he spent almost his entire career in the company and he has this unique perspective where he, I think he started it, I think he started in one of the tech teams, became an account manager, has worked his way up through the organization pretty quickly and really, really understands every element of affiliate marketing. And that's great because as somebody, you know, new to the space, relatively new two years ago having somebody like that who can kind of guide me through some of those pitfalls and the things he's seen before has been incredibly useful so we're about 20 years old we're we're roughly 1400 people spread around the globe uh we have very strong teams i would say in terms of size in terms of size of business in the uk germany and the us Uh, But we also have teams all over the place. So I I don't want to name all of the offices because I'll inevitably forget one and then uh, uh, end up offending one of my team. But I think we have offices in about 13, 14 countries growing all the time. We have 25,000 brands working with us on the platforms, And we have about uh, 270,000 active, like sale active publishers working with us. And yeah, I mean, what we're about is creating connections between them I mean, you, you know, affiliate marketing really, really well, I'm sure you know it better than I do, because you've, uh, you've been around the space space longer than me. So you, I, you know, I'm sure there's a lot you can teach me about it. But the way I view it is our job is to make it very, very easy for advertisers for brands to find the right partners who can grow their revenue grow their brand and deliver great ROI and very very easy for publishers to find brands who they can easily support who they can easily integrate with who they can who their audience can make a ton of sense to and so that's what we're really really focused on is making it as easy as possible as scalable as possible for businesses of any size to partner and then when I think about you know what that opportunity looks like um, and this is why I was so excited to join the business I really think that we not just AWIN but the actual entire affiliate marketing industry can command a lot more space in the minds of CMOs and CEOs than we do today. Because you know we know that the big tech firms tend to take roughly three out of every $4 spent on online advertising. Whereas you've got $4 in front of you and, and one's going to Google roughly one to Facebook, one to Amazon, and then you've got $1 left out of your four and it has to go on the entire rest of the internet, which is a, you know, it's a challenge, right? That's a scale challenge. It's a complexity challenge. And what I think Awin can do really, really well is say, come talk to us. It's not straightforward, but come talk to us and we can find all of the richness of the internet, all of these amazing publishers from incentive partners, through influencers, content sites, uh, technology partners, brand-to-brand partnerships. We can find the right partners for you. We can deliver great ROI, but we can also deliver brand benefits. And that, for me, is really exciting. So that's what A1 is, is is doing, right? Creating as many of the right partnerships as possible and then enabling them incredibly simply and then trying to drive scale and ROI for brands.
0: And you hit the nail on the head when you are talking about uh, having a budget and, and plan and stuff like that. And I think uh, as an affiliate manager many times for many brands, there's always the other channels that seem to get, and when you said, you know, one of the four, I think it's so even less than it. probably a long time ago, it seemed like we were getting maybe, you know, 5% of the pie and maybe now mm. we're getting 10 or, or 15%, you know, of the budget. So it, it is trending upwards, but yeah, it's it's definitely a battle. But I think people are starting to see the value in performance-based marketing. And so I think the uptick over the last few years, especially with the economic environment, um, has been huge. Mm, completely agree. So what are some things that make AWIN truly unique? I mean, There's
1: a few, right? It's very so quickly, but very importantly, and very honestly, say the people. Um, the culture in the company is phenomenal and it was a big part of me wanting to join and, and I felt very lucky that they offered me a job because when a company with a culture like that offers you a job it, it kind of makes you feel like okay you're doing you're doing something right uh you know I look around I, I consistently feel new and that's because people want to stay in the company so I'm surrounded by people who've been there seven eight 10 12 14 years the ceo has been there nearly 20 and it's a really special environment where people support each other and, and want to grow but also they're focused on customers and the feedback we get from the customers we support is really outstanding, right? Um, uh, I'm constantly being sent kind of quotes, getting feedback from customers that are incredibly important to me in terms of the, the way we support. So that's one part. I think the other um, piece about Awin that I think makes us really unique and is it makes it an exciting place to work is we're truly global, right? We are really Genuinely present across continents. We have significant offices and significant client bases all around the world. We do have very strong markets, as I mentioned, right? UK, US, uh, Germany, among others, but we have great growing business growing incredibly quickly in in Southern Europe, for example, in APAC, in Australia, uh, in Latin America. That makes it a very exciting, genuinely global company with brilliant people, brilliant customers and publishers all around the world. So I think that's important. And then the other other piece that we've really been focused on has been we're offering an increasingly um, differentiated proposition, to advertisers, so we've spent a lot of time launching last year a good, better rest proposition, or what we call um, um A1 Access, A1 Accelerate, and A1 Advanced, where we're able to cater to customers' needs really specifically. And so, you don't have to just um, you know, have one version of our platform. If you're an SME that wants kind of simple, scalable solutions, we've got that with A1 Access. If you want, if you're a power user who's been doing affiliate for a long time and has really complex needs and, and huge programs, we have A1 Advanced. And if you're then in that kind of body somewhere in between and and not sure we have A1 Accelerate, they're all brilliant at what they do. What it enables us to do is to really design around
0: the customer. And that's very powerful for us. Awesome. What's been your favorite part of working at A1 so far?
1: Uh, I think probably it's contained in my last answer, right, which is the the global nature of it. Going around the world, spending time with our teams and customers. I was in Vegas last week at ASW and amazing to see some of the customers we have there. Uh, but also just brilliant to spend time with our team um, who are just such a a committed, smart, thoughtful group of people uh, there in the US and... and So that, I would say, has been my favorite part, getting to know the teams and the customers all around the world.
0: The FaceTime makes a big difference anytime you get to meet somebody. And and Mm -hmm. even if it's just for a few minutes, it it definitely changes the relationship. And with affiliate marketing, it's all about the relationship. So, yeah, definitely getting in front of people is helpful. Definitely right. Um, Well, Awin brought back Think Tank in, in 2023. I had the opportunity to attend last year and excited i just bought my tickets for uh this year as well tell us what we could expect about the event and why so many of us are excited about this year's
1: i think it's gonna be great i mean i i know there was a lot of passion around think tank and and we brought it back last year after the pandemic and and really excited about what we're going to do this year so there's a bunch of stuff so so first um what's different this year I'm, I'm definitely going to be there uh, which I wasn't able to be last year because I, I had a, a commitment elsewhere in the world and I was kind of gutted to miss it so so I'll be there I hope I see her. I'll be there too um we will have a ton of attendees really you know quality group of people from advertisers publishers really keen to spend time with each other building relationships we i'm told pre-pandemic had a a kind of welcome happy hour where we could get together the day before the event so spread it across two days really network with people get to get to know those faces you haven't seen for a while that's going to be there this year uh we're gonna have great external speakers uh so kind of watch this space for the announcement on those externals we have got customers partners who want to get on stage I think that's going to be really special. The award ceremony, which I know is a highlight for people. it's so a ton of stuff. And, and what we're also making sure we do is make space beyond what I think will be a really excellent lineup of speakers. Great opportunity to, to kind of socialize for brands, partners to, to get together one-to-one. So we've, we've created a lot of space for one-to-one meetings, uh, bilaterals where you can really kind of fresh out deals and work out how you want to work together.
0: So a great opportunity to get that FaceTime that we were just talking about and enhance those partnerships that you're looking to grow.
1: Exactly that. Exactly that. And you mentioned you said it right this industry is really about relationships and, and we're really focused on building those
0: perfect and one last question before we wrap what's been your favorite part of working in the performance marketing industry so far
1: great question my favorite part, I think, I mean, I've made a lot of really good friendships, like really, really special friendships with people across the, the companies I've worked in. Um, and that's, if I'm really honest, personally, that's been my favorite part, like the the, the people I've got to know and, and spend time with from around the world. But if I think really kind of professionally, what I love is the fact that, you know, you have this constant opportunity to prove your value. And that's really important, you know, that there's a ton of innovation The way people market, the way they advertise, the way they connect to consumers is constantly changing, right? And there's constant innovation in space, but you still always have this opportunity and, in fact, this requirement to prove your value. And actually, the kind of, you know, um, geeky, kind of very numbers-focused part of my brain loves that, loves kind of work out, well, what does that value look like for you? Understanding the challenge, saying, what's your challenge? What's, What's the value we can bring to you? And then really thinking about how we bring it. And that is fantastic because you don't have to make it up. You don't have to BS. It's it's real. Um, but sometimes you have to work hard to show it.
0: I guess I'm a geek too because I'm a numbers guy as well. <laughs> you know, numbers don't lie. So... Uh... I think that's a good way to wrap i really appreciate you coming on a lot of great insights a big thank you to david from Awin for joining the podcast this week great insights on your background and how we can leverage affiliate marketing and use Awin as a platform for success what is the best way for listeners to connect with you david
1: uh normally linkedin linkedin uh, i'm very findable so if you look for me on, on linkedin it's it's pretty straightforward and you know i love to hear from people and uh always happy to give people my email address as well when they when they contact me
0: perfect we'll make sure to reach out if you have any questions. Again, thank you to David. If you've enjoyed this content, please give us a like or a follow. Thank you for joining us. I am Marshall Nyman, host of the Performance Marketing Spotlight, signing off. Thank you.